your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this Monday afternoon edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. So, a lot to get to for the Penguins in today's episode. Two games since we last spoke. I was supposed to have an episode on Friday. This was actually a funny story. Recorded the episode with Jeff from Penn's blog. He runs it. You know, I, I shut down my, my Mac for the day just because, well, you know, I had some things to do. I was going to edit it a bit later. Open it up and the episode's just gone. I haven't been able to find it. So, we are re recording the episode. So tomorrow, um, I've been recording this, doing this podcast for a year and a half. I have never had that happen. So uh, that's always something that's just, you know, new shit happens every day. But as for the Penguins, they go one and one against the Islanders. They get two points total. The Islanders get three. Um, not good for in the standings. They are currently still fifth right now. Um, we're going to obviously talk about the special teams, do the listener takeaways, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, so much more. Um, I guess let's just start with the PK and the power play because I'm just probably going to go on a rant for a while about it. Um, the Penguins' penalty kill and their power play is a disgrace. Um, it is pathetic. It is embarrassing. It is a terrible product to watch uh, for both the units. You know, I've been seeing some people about the penalty kill, which is, by the way, they're operating at 72% right now. For those that are unaware, that is bottom five, bottom six in the league. They have given up a power play goal in 15 of 20 games this season. Um, for anyone that is not that good at math, that is 75% of their games. I'm sorry. That is absolutely pathetic. And that is that unit is sinking their season. The goaltending has turned it around in a big way these last eight or nine games. We're going to get to Chris Letang, who I thought has really elevated his game in the last week. Obviously, he had the overtime winner um, on Saturday. And Evgeny Malkin slowly but surely. But this unit is killing this team right now. Um, for my, in my opinion, I think they are way too passive on the PK. They're not putting any pressure on any of the shooters. I don't care if it's the Islanders. I don't care if it's the Capitals. I don't care if it's the Flyers. I don't know if they only played them two times, but there's just, there's no pressure and they're not winning puck battles along the boards. They're not getting two loose pucks when there's an opportunity to do that. And they're not getting their sticks in passing lanes. I mean, the Islanders goal you saw on Saturday with Brock Nelson, the power play one, there's three players right there. And you're telling me none of those guys can get a stick on the puck when I know it was kind of a perfect pass but there's still three sticks right there you should be able to put your stick out and disrupt the pass and Brock Nelson is just standing in front of the net wide open clear as day and no one's making him pay for it it's just a bad unit right now they need to be more aggressive you know I, I keep seeing people also say well Brian Dumoulin's gonna make that unit so good again you know he's such a key part to it and yes I agree with the latter part but he's not just gonna magically transform a bottom five penalty key killing unit excuse me into like a top 10 unit it's just not going to happen and I think the Islanders this weekend went they had like three power play goals in the two games I mean how are you giving up three power play goals in two games back to back that is just completely unacceptable Penguins were in that game yesterday for as bad as they were playing that was a 0-0 score with less than two minutes left they take a penalty and not a minute later the Islanders score on it I mean, it's just like every single game they give up a power play goal. You even saw the game uh, on Saturday when the Islanders, they honestly should have won that game if the Penguins had that big comeback. 
Um, again, basically, is no no score during the uh, first period comes to the end. They get a power play, they score. It's just like the Penguins always love to take these penalties right at the end of the period, and it's like you're just killing the momentum that you have. If the Penguins get to the intermission, yesterday tied at 0-0 going into the second, who knows what happens? I know they were playing so terrible, and it probably wouldn't have mattered, but they didn't give up any goals at 5v5 on Sunday. I mean, they, the two goals that they gave up were on the power play. I think the Islanders went two for five. So um, it's just a really poor unit right now. Like I said, they need to be more aggressive. They need to start blocking some more shots. I know that's an old little saying, but that go that blocking shots on the penalty killing unit just goes a long way, especially as you're, of course, you're down a man. And they need to start getting more sticks into the passing lanes and make some players in front of the net pay a price. Obviously, you don't want to cross-check them and take another penalty and go on a five-on-three. But I see yesterday they're letting Anders Lee just stand there with no one around him, not even like trying to get him out of the way of Casey DeSmith, who also played a great game yesterday. It's just like, what is going on? Like, And also, even the game on Saturday, Brock Nelson, I said a couple minutes ago, just standing there with no pressure on him. So uh, Mike Vellucci, definitely, I think, in over his head right now. Um, it, it's a very bad unit and it needs to be fixed ASAP. You know, you can have a shitty power play, um, but a good penalty kill and still win games. You know, I thought that was a great tweet from Manigrets and I agree with him with this too. You cannot have both a shitty power play and a shitty penalty kill and expect to win games on a nightly basis in this league. You can be the best team at 5v5 getting your chances. You can even get God level goaltending. But if you are leaving your goalie out too dry on these penalty killing um, times and you keep giving up um, power play goals, at the rate that they're giving them up right now, at 15 in their first 20 games, they will not make the playoffs. You know, I, I said last week that I see them getting second place. I still do think that, but they have some stuff in their game that they really need to clean up, and that is number one, I think. Um, let's just get to the power play. Again, it is embarrassing to watch. Um, it's just like they took all their work from the last week, week and a half, and threw it out the window uh, over the course of these last couple games. Um, the zone entries are terrible. Um, they got to stop this little drop pass. I mean, honestly, I'm at the point now, everyone, I'm going to say it. Um, they should just put Mike Matheson as their power play quarterback and call it a day. You know, I know he's shitty defensively, but, you know, he's probably the most entertaining player on the team right now. You know, a couple of my friends have also said that before me. I 100% agree with them. Um, and he knows how to work at power play, and he's good in the offensive zone. He's also a very crisp crisp skater, excuse me. I know Chris Letang has done the job well throughout his career, but, you know, if you're looking for a spark, just put Mike Matheson on there. I mean, what can go wrong at this point? I mean, I also think if Gino continues to struggle on the power play, take him off with Kasperi Kapanen on there. I know Kapanen has been reluctant to shoot um, a bit right now, but, I mean, Gino, I saw yesterday on the power play, forcing passes into areas that aren't there, and with these two minutes that, that the Penguins get the power play, they're just giving the Islanders or whoever else they're playing against momentum. It's just a complete momentum swing for any team they go up against. And the Islanders probably had much better scoring chances while the Penguins were on the power play than Pittsburgh did. And they were down a man. So there's it's just terrible. You know, I know the loss of Patrick Hornquist has obviously really hurt the team. Um, there's no good net front presence there. Yes, I, they maybe do miss Phil Kessel a little bit, but you can probably just put Jake Gensel in that spot. He's a great shot, and he's a great playmaker. Obviously, he's probably not at the level that Phil Kessel was when he was here in the prime of his career, but Gensel... Like I said, he's an elite playmaker and he's an elite shooter. He's probably your best pure goal scorer on the team. Just put him there. And then maybe you can put Brian Russ in front of the net. I think he's a good net front presence for the Penguins. Um, they have the personnel to make this work, as they do for the penalty kill. That's the thing. 
They have the correct personnel to make this work. The power play should not be bottom five, bottom six in the league with the talent that they can put on that unit. Um, I did not expect the power play to be as terrible as it was last year. I thought Todd Reardon would come in and fix it. Obviously, I've been dead wrong on that. But it's just terrible right now. You sit down low more. I mean, the overpassing is still pathetic. I mean, they're passing the puck eight or nine times before firing a shot off. I mean, on a great power play or even a good power play, you should have, what, three passes max before you take a shot? They're just not putting enough chances on that. And they were doing that um, last week. That's the thing. And then all of a sudden, these last four to five games, they've reverted back to what they were doing earlier on in the season. And, you know, obviously that's not going to work. But that is the those two things are the single biggest things that are plaguing the Penguins right now. People can say a bunch of other stuff, you know, fire Mike Sullivan. That's not going to help this team. I'm sorry, you know, you 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 lose me when you say to fire Mike Sullivan. You think Gerard, Gerard Gallant's going to come in here and just work magic beans? I mean, no, he, he's not. I mean, you know, obviously he would be my number one replacement if they were to fire Sullivan, but, you know, he's probably not going to make this team a whole lot better. You know, if I v 5 I still think they play their best hockey. Yes, they need to be more consistent, and the schedule is going to allow for that. They have three monstrous games against the Flyers this week. They have to win at least two out of those three games. They have 32 points up for grabs against the Sabres and the Devils, if they start to drop points to those two teams, and there's obviously a very likely chance that that could happen because, you know, the Penguins play down to shitty competition or we maybe just they're not as good as we think they are, then there's cause for concern and then maybe you can start to say, you know, they should make some really serious changes. But as for right now, you know, they have 12 of 16 games at home this month. The Penguins are 7-1 at home. And in case people forgot, the Penguins are allowing fans back in the arena starting on Tuesday, 15% capacity. I believe that is 2,800 fans. Um, it's great that, you know, we're getting some fans back. I would have preferred to maybe wait another month so that more vaccines can happen in this country. Um, for those that listen to the podcast that are not in the United States, um, the distribution was a bit slow at first. It's really ramped up over the last couple of weeks, but I still think, you know, maybe another month and they could have honestly had, you know, a bit more fans um, in the fan stands starting April 1st. But, you know, they decided to do this now. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and if we continue on the path that we're on right now, um, you know, we could be seeing, you know, a packed house sometime early next year or even late this year. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. But for those that are going to go to the games starting tomorrow, wear a mask, social distance, stay safe, and I hope you all have a great time doing it. But coming up in the next segment, we are going to touch on Crystal Tang, who has had some really good past couple of games. Um, we're going to touch on Eddie Malkin, of course, Sidney Crosby, the Astronauts Blue Tanev line, the goaltending, and so much more. So stick with me uh, through this commercial break. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So overall, you know, just starting with the Saturday game, um, the Penguins, I would say, are pretty fortunate to win that game. Um, of course, they were down 2 nothing at one point. You know, 2 nothing or 2-1, you know, maybe it's just a case of the Mondays, as, you know, Wanda from WandaVision says. Um, but, of course, they were down 2-1 going into the third period. Jared McCann gets his third goal of the season. Really nice to see him score in his first game back. Um, you can see the difference that he makes when he's in the lineup. He's obviously a much better player than someone like Drew O'Connor or Sam Lafferty, something like that. And he was bumped up to Evgeny Malkin's wing. Malkin had a great pass for him to tie the game just 18 seconds in, and he fired that um, blocker side on Varlamov. He basically had no chance there. It was kind of like a half open net but still I but still I thought that was his best game of the season by far Brian Russ I also thought was really good as well Gino I like I said I think that was one of his better games of the season he had a little more jump to his step he wasn't turning the puck over wasn't bad defensively in his own zone um 
You saw this Sidney Crosby going, and actually, excuse me, it was um three to two going into the uh, third period. By the way, that the McCann goal made it um three to three because Simeon Varlamov kind of vomited all over himself uh, when the Penguins were down two nothing. Sidney Crosby gets a basically a walk in goal because Varlamov just slipped on a fish or something like that, and that puck went in. And then twenty six second later, twenty six seconds later, excuse me, Chris Letang gets a goal that is his third goal of the season before he got the overtime winner. So four goals for Letang this season. All four have come against the. New York Islanders, and I've really been impressed with his game over the last week, week and a half. He leads all um, defensemen on this team in points. I believe he leads all of them in goals as well. Um, he's just he's playing like the number one defenseman that we've seen from Latang all throughout his Penguins tenure. You know, the demise of Chris Latang might have been greatly exaggerated. I know myself; I've kind of dumped on him um, a couple weeks ago on the podcast because he wasn't playing great. But I will say now that he is playing good, that he's been really helpful to the team and I just I love when he shuts up his critics especially Penguins Chronicles that is by far the worst account I think on Penguins Twitter he absolutely stinks and with with his overtime winner I think it went off Pajot I thought it was Pelic at first when I went on the Pittsburgh postgame with Matt Geica but it was Pajot he just kind of tipped it off his stick, and then it kind of just flubbed into the neck. It almost looked like a knuckle puck. Varlamov lost track of it, and the Penguins were able to squeak away with two points. Um, I said it on my Twitter account. This team has a lot of stones. It's just that was the typical Penguins performance. They, they was a kind of an even first period. They came out of the gate a little sluggish. Second period, they kind of got dominated. They were down by one going into the third. You know, they had that burst a little bit before they got dominated. And then the third, they took it to the Islanders. It looked like they were going to get two full points before it went to overtime. Uh, Rust, I think, had a chance with about two minutes to go fired it just above um, the right crossbar I mean look like that was going top shelf and he just missed that you know he probably hits that eight nine ten out of ten times but still the Penguins were able to get that win it sucks that these three-point games continue to happen but that was a good win like I said this team has a lot of balls stones guts whatever you want to call it and Chris Letang is playing his finest hockey of the season and I cannot wait until um, Brian Dillman comes back because that is going to be huge for him as he continues this season. Um, it was also great to see P.O. Joseph get bumped down to the third pairing. Um, I thought Marcus Pedersen, that he should have been playing up there since he came back. I know he's been kind of bad a little bit this season, but I would rather have him up there until Dumoulin comes back than Pierre-Olivier Joseph. Joseph just needs some sheltered minutes against third and fourth lines right now. He's played way too many minutes, and I'm glad that Cody Ceci is kind of uh, babysitting with him right now um, is kind of the word. So um, I think that's basically all I can say about that performance. The Astronauts Blue Retainer line again was great. It was nice to see them put Astronauts back on that line. Um, all they need still is just a winger for that other line, and they can bump the Aston Reese line down to their fourth line, and that's probably a top-five fourth line in hockey. Um, as for yesterday's game, everyone, really not much to say. Um, you saw Mike Sullivan after the game. I was listening to his uh, media availability. Um, you know, I've been following this team very long. You know, I've been here with, obviously, Mike Sullivan's whole career here, his tenure, excuse me. But that's as mad, I think, as I've ever seen him. He kind of looked like John Tortorella in that post-game press conference just by saying, no. No, and then he had like two word answers, and then he just basically said, Yeah, you know, we sunk tonight. Effort level's not there. You know, the penalty kill, he said, obviously a huge concern. I'm um, giving up two um, goals. The only two goals that they gave up were on the power play. Uh, for those that watched the game yesterday, um, you all are saints because that was probably one of the worst hockey games I've ever had the pleasure of watching. Um, it, it's fun to play some of your division rivals a bit more often. It is not fun to play the Islanders six to eight times a season, especially with the way they clog up the neutral zone and trap the game down to make it look like the 1999 New Jersey Devils. 
Um, it's effective, so that's why Barry Trotz uses it. You know, they're obviously not the most talented team, but they got to the conference final last year doing it, outworking teams. That's just the style of, of, of play that they do, and that's just that's how they do it. Um, it's great that the Penguins are 4-2 and two against them this year. They don't play the Islanders again. I think until uh, March 29th or something like that. It's or 23rd, 25th. It, it's sometime late in March during their March Madness tournament. So Penguins will be able to get a break um, before playing the Islanders again two more times at PPJ Paints Arena. There's nothing positive come out of that game. I guess maybe one thing: Casey DeSmith was really good. Stopped 28 of 30 shots. At one point, the Penguins were getting outshot 17 to four yesterday. They got their first shot in the game 16 minutes into the first period. Um, I think if they didn't get a shot in that first period, I think it would. Have been a record for the longest time in the first period that they did not have a shot. I, I think so. I don't. I don't know how many times that they've gone um, a whole period without registering a shot on goal. Maybe during the 0304 years or you know the 70s years, but you know I, I think it might have set a record or close to it if that would have happened. But I think, you know, their best scoring chance came yesterday when Jared McCann hit the crossbar in the second period. Other than that, the Penguins did not have any good looks at their net. The power play stung. Penalty kill obviously stung. 5v5 play, they stung. I mean, they were gassed. I mean, and it's not an excuse. The Islanders played the same game the night before. Um, but, you know, it was obvious that the Penguins were just not ready to play this game, especially not even 24 hours afterwards. Um, but it was just, that, that, that game stung. That's basically all I have to say about that. Um, I guess one more thing. There's there's a weird segment of people on Twitter. You know, I guess you know Islanders media, some Islanders fans. I guess that like they have like this weird. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, like this weird fantasy when it comes to the Penguins and Sidney Crosby that. Um, that because Sidney Crosby does something, he gets a call. I don't know what game they were watching yesterday, but the Islanders got away with murder pretty much every shift. And I'm not even saying this with Homer glasses on. I was watching the game with an open mind as I do all the time. You know, obviously, you know, I, I lean towards the Penguins because, you know, I run the Penguins podcast. But there's just tweets that I saw like, wow, you know, of course Sidney Crosby drew this call. And then, you know, they think it was like a breakaway on a shorthand breakaway. They, I think, I don't know who it was, Gensel, like kind of whacked like Sezikis a little bit. Wow, what a terrible refing job there by Lewis or whoever it was. And it was like, do people not see the calls that they're being let go? I mean, the Islanders, I think they, they, they like had a hook on a, a Gino and then they called a slash on him when he just pushed the player. I mean, it was like, where are they getting these calls? I mean, but of course, you know, the Islanders fans have nothing to say about that and some of the media that I saw. So it was just really odd to see that. I've never understood it. It's kind of like, like a little brother syndrome with the Islanders and the Penguins and the Islanders of course have beaten them in the playoffs um, a couple times you know obviously with 1993 and then 2019 but still it's just a really weird little brother syndrome I think when it comes to the Penguins uh, with Islanders fans and I've just never understood it so I, I did have to say that to close out this uh, segment but before we do get to the next segment which will be the listener takeaways it is time to talk about uh, Built Bar, it's 18 amazing flavors, 6 new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barkia, carrot cake, 12 originals, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. One of my favorite flavors is still the cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. They have reset the promo code for this re relaunch. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
We also cannot forget about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Full football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. It even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to betonline.ag right now on your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Manglands podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get to the listener takeaways. I always appreciate each and every one of you sending these in. This is honestly my favorite part of the podcast is getting you, the listener, involved. Um, I'm going to be doing this for every game moving forward until I'm not on this podcast. But, you know, I'm probably going to be on this podcast forever. So you guys are stuck with me for a very long time. Hope you hope that's okay. Uh, Ryan King says about yesterday's game, I'm going to try to spin this into a positive. They were looking past the Islanders to give Philly all they can handle the next two games. Wishful thinking, question mark. Yeah, I'll show myself out. You know, I, I think that was a little bit of wishful thinking. I don't think the Penguins look by any opponent, especially in this season with the Islanders and how they've had their number in recent years heading into this year. But they were just gassed, I think, is the main thing. Um, but the, these three games against Philadelphia are huge. They have to take, think I take four out of six points or five out of six points if they really want to start making a move in the standings. Um, Fried Time says, teams have off nights, but this season a game like this feels like more like a trend. Yeah, I mean, like, just like, I don't think they've had games like this this season. Obviously, they've had bad games, but this one was just a new low for this team, excuse me. I see I'm, I seem like I'm out of breath for some reason. I have no idea why. But yeah, I just I know maybe there's a little bit of a trend. I know they kind of had that bad Washington game last week and the one the last week before that, just because I always feel like it's just one step forward, two steps back. But guys, this team has also won six of their last nine games. Very nice button, by the way. And coming into this before this loss, they had won six out of their last eight. So I think this team is still trending up. Um, it's not a trend just yet. But let's just see how they play against Philadelphia this week. Iris AJ says, letdown game with the schedule. Plus, they didn't have their legs today. 100% agree. It's tough to beat a good team twice in 24 hours. Silver lining. They're 4-2 versus both the Caps and the Allergies on the year. That is huge. Yeah, they're 8-4 overall against those teams. If you combine their record against the Rangers, they are 11-5. I've seen people say, like, well, either they're not playing good against the middling teams. I'm sorry, but 11-5, 22 out of 32 points. That's pretty damn good, if you ask me. Um, AJ also says, not as bad as it seems. They need 2-3 of three versus Philly this week. And aside from a couple of Ranger games, when have they actually been able to establish anything against an inferior team? The schedule doesn't allow that. Yeah, I agree. There's just no gimmies on the schedule unless you play the Sabres or the Devils. But, I mean, the Devils are obviously no gimme either. They're a lot better than the Sabres, and that's saying something. Uh, Mr. know says, is anyone else getting sick and tired of Bob Airy in the broadcast booth? Yeah, Bob, Bob Airy has some really odd takes. Always big on physicality, always tough on the grinding part of the game. Um, he just never really brings anything to the AT&T Sportsnet or, excuse me, AT&T Sports Network, um, Pittsburgh uh, broadcast. He just, I, I don't know. I think the game has kind of passed him by. I kind of wish they would hire someone um, that's played for the team more recently. I don't know, maybe Maxine Talbot or something like that. You can put Colby Armstrong in there. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I don't like Bob Airy's commentary. I mean, I think it was like last week or something. He forgot that someone died like 20 years ago and Steve Mears had to re uh, remind him on the air. So, yeah, that's just Bob Airy at this point. 
Um, Philip Cox says, "Does Smith is great, but honestly, I'm a bigger fan of his than he probably deserves. Just one of those players I, I'm attached to, I guess, for some reason. I did I did the same thing for Brent Johnson, but seriously, that dude is better than he gets credit for. Yeah, I mean, he's been steady, I think, for the Penguins this year, Philip. I mean, he was the only reason why that game yesterday was not 5 nothing. I think his save percentage overall this year is somewhere around 9.09, 9.10. He's kept the Penguins in the, the games this season whenever he started. I know he hasn't played in basically three weeks. Well, he hadn't played in three weeks before this game, but he gave them a real shot to win this game. I mean, going into the second period, it was only one nothing, and the Penguins were badly outplayed going into that period. And even going into the third period, it was two nothing. With how we've seen this team come back, that was not an insurmountable de- deficit, excuse me. And he he was keeping it there. I, I really liked his game last night, and I've really liked his game this season. So yeah, I think he's an underrated backup right now. Fry time also says. One more take, Madison in the third took activating the defense to a whole new level. At least he was entertaining to watch. Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, you know, other people have said it. I said it earlier on in this episode. He is probably the most entertaining player to watch on this team, just with how amazing he is on the, in the offensive zone and then the defensive zone. It's just total chaos, and he just vomits all over himself. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I kind of want to see him quarterback the power play. I think he's good enough to do it, though I don't think Mike Sullivan is going to trust him to do it. Uh, Allen says it's hard to beat a team and some refs at the same time. Yep, the officiating was pretty garbage last night. He also says the Smith didn't look too bad. Another game where they didn't bother to help the goalie. When did a light shove become a slashing penalty? Yeah, you know, it's almost like, Allen, slashing is when you just slash someone's stick, not when you push someone against the board. So I have no idea what the refs saw on that one. They... NHL officiating, they, they just they make it up as they go along, I think is my take. It, it just it's been happening like that for years, you know, well before I started watching it. That's just how it is at this point. Pen67 says, thank God it's over, like Sid's hatred for the shitty play and the lack of desire at the end. That's right. I do remember Bouvillier taking a couple good whacks at him and Sid was kind of getting a little physical. It's good to see Sid getting into it. Obviously, that's not the player that you want to see like take some penalties or get into fights, but you know, he's he's committed to winning, and that that's just the old competitor in in that he is and you know he's going to take do whatever it takes uh to win games gilbert the goat says pathetic nobody showed up to smith had to stand on his head to even keep the pens in it hextall needs to make some moves this team is not a contender with the roster they have right now i will agree i don't think they're a stanley cup contender with the roster right now i think they are another top six forward away from potentially being a contender and getting the special teams in order um they probably need to move kasperi captain down to the third line um, once they get a forward, you know, hello, Kyle Palmieri, Victor Arvidsson, Evgeny Dadnov, maybe Ricard Raquel. He's being linked to the Penguins right now from the Ducks. Don't know what they would want in return. He also says the next two games against the Flyers are huge. Hopefully they look like they want to play them. Yeah, 100% agree with you on that. I, I said it earlier, they need to take four or five out of six points against the Flyers to make their move in the standings. Um, and then SNZ says, don't have enough room, and this is just horrible. So yeah, yeah th- that basically just sums up the game. This It was just terrible. As for the game from Saturday night, I'm just going to get to a few of these before I call it a podcast. Ryan King says, Chris Letang is back. McCann looks like he didn't miss a step. Yeah, I mean, Letang has been playing his best hockey um, of the season, and Jared McCann, I thought he also looked decent last night as well. Frytime said, I was an off night for Varlamov. Pens took advantage for the win. They'll take it and move on. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what you do. You know, you you, you can kind of laugh at them, but they'll take that win and they'll move on to ne- this week. Fiona says, I can't tell whether this game was good for the team or not. It's kind of like this whole season shoved into a new game. But Latang and Malkin looked really good, and Jari is amazing as always. Yeah, I mean, another game, I, ha- I haven't even touched on Tristan Jari for this episode. That was, what, his seventh, eighth 
consecutive really good start. He's in the, like the 9-10 territory again. He's been basically 9-20 or so, I think, the last eight starts or something. He's really come into his own, and this is the goalie the Penguins are going to continue to need as they go down the stretch, especially if the penalty kill is going to continue to stink. Allen says this is the second two-goal game from 58 in his last four games. Can we say the floodgates are starting to open for him? Great move in an OT. Jari wasn't great, but wasn't awful. I honestly thought he was pretty good, but you know he obviously wasn't great as normal. Power play score, but still not much to write home about. It wins a win no matter how it happens. Again, 100% agree with you on that. Felipe says an ugly win. It's still a win. A lot to improve, but no one can say this team doesn't fight. Really important win on Saturday. Um, Gilbert then says, can this team win regulation for once? Yeah, I, I know, man. I, I want them to win regulation games as bad as anyone. Um, these three-point games just have to stop at this point. He says the Islanders dominated the end of the second, but the Pens really bounced back in the third. Sin Letang had some great games. Letang has been really on fire these last couple games. Dari looked great tonight as well. Let's get those two points tomorrow. You know, obviously the, the latter didn't happen, but you know we'll see if they can get the two points against Flyers. But 100% agree with you on that. Um, Pen67 says, thought they were lucky with Varlamov shitting the bed in the second, but came out flying in the third, which was one of the best thirds of the year. No quit. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that was their best third period of the season, um, especially after they tied the game. Um, they took it to the Islanders pretty good um, after that, and they, I was pretty surprised that they didn't win in regulation. And then Iris AJ says, Latang, I know I bitched about you last game, but here you are, and you totally redeemed yourself with that gift. So yes, you know, well, welcome to the resistance, AJ, as I tweeted you. Um, but that will do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I really appreciate you all sending in these listener takeaways. For tomorrow's episode, I am going to be recording with Jeff from the Pens blog. Um, so I'll have the listener takeaways episode posted on Wednesday. And then for Thursday's podcast, we'll just go back to the regular one and have the recap be after the game. So that will do it for this episode. I really appreciate you guys listening to this one. And I will talk to you all tomorrow.